Welcome, adventurers. An odd band of adventurers have come to an odd moment in their journey, one of them robbing the other. But that cannot be what's going on. Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon last thing Ortoval had expected was to have to chase Alarion and Snare all the way back to the apartment. That was, however, exactly what he had had to do. Catching glimpses of the mop-headed wizard or the quick gnome flashing in or around the crowd in the busy evening street, neither had slowed. Finally making it up the three flights of stairs, he had paused at the door to their residence, which had been left open. He placed a hand upon the sill, catching his breath. Alarion sat at their small dining table, looking over the book purchased all those months ago in Borgen, the ring held in one hand just over the text. Snare stood on a chair, which he had dragged immediately adjacent to the young man. Arms crossed, frown firmly set on his face, the gnome stared daggers at Alarion. The wizard could have cared less. Orteval had had the feeling a dragon crashing through the window at this point would have hardly phased the young man, so complete was his focus on ring and book. Mumbles turned into words read aloud. Are the ring and amulet real, or are they a distraction? If they are real, how might they be identified? The words were followed by Alarion frantically flipping pages back laying the ring against one corner of a page where there appeared to be some illuminated picture. His eyes were wide, breath shallow. More pages flipped, ring laid against another corner, another illustration. Six more times, pages flipped, ring compared. Barely a beat after the last comparison, Alarion jolted to his feet, spinning to begin pacing. So close was Snare that he had nearly been knocked from his perch beside the man. As soon as his balance had been regained, Snare snatched up the ring and looked as if he was going to stuff it into his pouch, but paused mid-action. Instead, he stepped to the chair Alarion had just vacated and hunched over the book, inspecting the ring and then the page. His eyes scrunched in concern and then looked up to where Orteval stood. How, the expression said, I'm not sure how. Orteval had finally entered the room, pulling the door closed behind him. He went to stand beside Snare. The gnome pointed to the symbol on the ring, and then the picture on the page. It wasn't a question of interpretation. They were identical. They had both jumped as Alarion snatched the ring once more from Snare's hand. Where? he said. Where did you get it? The story had come out. Snare's little incident at the Citadel had been a little more complicated than a shoddy roof falling on him. 
Upon entering the building, light had caught something among one of the rafters, the briefest twinkle of green. Curious and otherwise bored, the gnome had found an old rickety chair to investigate. Precariously balanced and at the extent of his reach, Snare had plucked something from the low rafter. The ring. And with a self-congratulating smile on his face, the rafter broke and all had collapsed. Orteval knew the rest as he had ran into the building shortly after. Snare had managed to pocket the treasure unseen as he rolled to his feet for later inspection. Alarion had been ecstatic to find out the ring had come from the ruins, assuming it furthered his theory about the connection between the Order of Soul and the Kriyas Steon and Dare. But even that enthusiasm had faded quickly against his desire to study the book in reference to the markings. In the book, scattered throughout, were pictures containing symbols. With the ring as a reference, it became easy to pick these out. Valerian spent the remainder of the night and most of the morning making a detailed study of every page. He had a list of eighty-seven different symbols or characters upon finishing. They composed an alphabet or cipher unfamiliar to any of them. Orteval had been as distraught as Alarion was thrilled. For over a year, he had presumed this whole escapade to be a complete waste of time. A hunt for sleards. In the face of this inexplicable turn of events, he didn't know what to think. His mind kept telling him it had to be a hoax, but he kept coming back over and over to one thing. How could a book purchased in Borgen eleven months ago contain information found on a ring they had just acquired through complete coincidence in ruins over two hundred miles from the same said city? Alarion had cleared the table of all but the book. Orteval and Snare watched what he was doing with the greatest interest, for possibly the first time in all of their journey. The wizard went to the kitchen, pulling a pinch of salt from a jar with his right hand, and then proceeded to the hearth, where he pinched up some soot with his left. Alarion then returned to the table and began to chant under his breath. Some arcane ritual. For almost a quarter of a bell, the wizard chanted. It ended with Alarion snapping fingers on both his hands over the book, the salt and soot making a small poof that surprisingly sparkled like embers for a beat, and then went out. It had been immediately followed by the young man sitting, flipping the book open to each of the symbols, and then furiously taking notes. Nearly a bell went on in this way. When he was done, beside the list of symbols he had plucked from the book were notes. He showed them. It was an alphabet or a symbolic language of sorts. There were many things written by each of the symbols. Next to one symbol that was a circle with a line slashed through it, he had written TH, Sun, Rotation, Warmth, Love. It is not precise, Valerian had said. It will require more study. After his long night, Valerian had finally slept for a few bells. Orteval and Snare sat awkwardly with their thoughts. 
neither really wanting to be the first to admit that there was something to what they had been about all this time. Snare had been the one to finally break the impasse. If this is real, his fingers questioned, what are the odds these druids may have hoarded treasure? Valerian woke just before dinner. The ring, which Schnare had jealously guarded until last night, now sat untouched on the table, as if the gnome was afraid of it. They had shared an almost mythical silent meal, absent of Valerian's ramblings. When they had finished, Alarion reached out and picked up the ring, spinning it about a few times. He held it up to the light and then slid it on to the ring finger on his right hand. Setting his hand upon the table, he froze, completely unmoving, not even a breath. Five beats, ten, thirty. Orteval stood quickly. Snare frowned. What had the young fool? Do you feel that? Alarion spurted out. Snare flinched. Orteval clenched his chest in response to the wizard's sudden reanimation. Feel what? Orteval had said in an exasperated tone. The. It's a. a feeling. A force pointing that way. Alarion had reached out a hand and pointed vaguely past Snare to a wall near the door. To the wall, there was a long pause. No, past that. A long way past that. Alarion had removed the ring and the feeling had dissipated. Snare and himself had both tried on the ring and felt nothing at all. Had this been two days ago, Orteval would have believed Alarion had finally tipped over the cliff into lunacy. But seeing all that he had seen, that nagging question kept coming back over and over. The ring and the book. It had been decided they would follow this pull that Alarion was feeling. However, not knowing what power was behind it or what might lie at the end of this journey, Orteval suggested some more muscle might be appropriate. Alarion could have cared less, so eager was he to follow this lead. He had given Orteval a day to procure some extra help. Not ideal. Finding good help on that short of notice would be difficult. For every one seasoned adventurer, there were twenty or more that claimed to have killed a storm giant, or slapped a dragon, while never having lit a campfire. Orteval had taken Snare, and they made their way out of the district academia and into the Grand Market District. The district lay just inside the main southern gate and was filled with people coming and going, with merchants looking to dump their wares as quickly as possible, both overpriced and underpriced. It was a constantly changing sea of people and things, and there were always adventurers for hire. They began circulating word upon their arrival. By dinner, they had passed over several candidates, including a human soldier who claimed to have killed five hundred gnolls in the Knoll Wars. By himself. Supposedly, he had traveled through the Crawling Ice Pass several times, and you guessed it, felled several ice giants. A halfling scout had shown some more promise, but she had a sharp tongue and several glib answers 
that had had snare glaring in disapproval. In the end, they had settled on a stout woman with armor and weapons that looked well-worn and maintained, that made no outlandish claims of foes defeated or glories won. This was not to say she did not say much, in fact, quite the opposite. She had talked. A lot. Not a quality snare an Ortoval would have normally chosen, but time had been short, and they hoped that maybe Wenrid, that being her name, could be a conversational partner for Alarion. So it had been with winter's chill waning, and the days growing longer once again. They left their apartment, and Jomato behind. According to Alarion, it had been more like following a scent than a compass. Sometimes it was stronger, sometimes it was barely there at all. South they went. They spent nearly a bell sitting at the intersection of the last road and the root road, as Alarion decided which to take. The root road it had been, and after a day's travel, the young wizard felt certain they had made the right choice. Their hope that Winrid and Alarion would keep each other occupied with their idle chatter had failed miserably. Completely consumed with concentrating on following the scent of the ring, Alarion, for the first time since meeting them, spoke almost not at all. And when the stout woman, who Ortoval presumed to share some dwarvish blood, tried to talk to the wizard, he shooed her away, annoyed. It had been a bitter irony, and Ortoval had to take the time to learn how to push a whole new voice into the white noise of his surroundings. He wasn't sure, but he thought he had seen Snare pushing some padding into his ears one morning, not long after they woke. They traveled along the route road eight days to the city of Roshan. There they turned east into the mountains, a day to Glintcap, and then another to the little village of Bitterfall. Though they had arrived in Bitterfall after sunset, Alarion tried several times to get them to head out exploring immediately. He had been convinced that they were almost there. As they had ridden south, Alarion had become more and more convinced they were going to find a pendant, a pendant that had been mentioned alongside the ring in the book purchased in Borgen. Orteval finally convinced him that despite winter's approaching close, they were high enough up in the Shalshalis that the last thing they wanted to be was to be stuck out of doors overnight. They had rose with soul and left on foot. Horses were as likely to hinder as to help in the mountainous terrain. Orteval almost felt as if he was on a hunt and that he should have Valerian on a leash. The young man walked faster than he had ever seen and showed none of his customary caution or reluctance with the outdoors. Over and around boulders he skittered up steep trails barely wide enough for them to pass. Just after sitting down for a lunch in which Orteval was concerned that Alarion would choke, so fast did he consume his rations, and that snare would stab Winrid for her non-stop nattering on, Alarion guided them up a trail that was hardly fit for a mountain goat, let alone a full-sized humanoid. In fact, they had to tie off a rope near the top and throw it back down for Wenrid to be able to traverse it. Snare had looked at Orteval once without a word. The look clearly said, Can we please, please 
leave her at the bottom. But they did not. Orteval brought up the rear, retrieving the rope. He had come to the top of the rise to find they were on a small, rocky landing. Before them was a partially collapsed entrance into the mountainside. Orteval's first impression was that it was a naturally occurring crack or cave. But that had changed when he saw Alarion squatting near the opening, inspecting the remnants of a broken column or pillar. As Orteval coiled the rope in his hand, the wind tugged at his cloak, pulling and pushing it out behind him like a banner. Even in the full afternoon light, it wasn't warm. Ahead of him, the wizard stood shakily and turned back toward them. There were tears formed in the corner of his eyes, but not of sorrow and not from the cold air. The young man wore a look of joyous disbelief openly on his face instead. A pale hand extended out, pointing to the remnant piece of pillar he had just stood before. The symbol we have, it must be here. Orteval barely knew what to do. He too was dumbfounded. A ring once belonging to the Cries Deon and Dare has led Alarion, with a feeling only he can feel, to the middle of nowhere, to a cave in the mountains. What lies inside? Join me next week for the conclusion of The Fool's Errand That Nearly Changed the World. And here we are again, friends, at the end of yet another episode. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for your listens, and I am really enjoying writing these stories. I hope you are really enjoying listening to them. Uh, I did want to say that these stories, though, can't keep happening without support, and the support can come in many different ways. Listens are huge recommendations to other friends, leaving written reviews on podcast platforms so that people can help uh, understand that it's a good product and that it's trustworthy and that I'm trustworthy. So if I, over all of these episodes, have gained your trust, help me out by sharing that with other persons or peoples. And if you want to go that extra step, patronage always, always matters to help me keep continuing, keep spending all of the time and energy it takes to make this show. So please consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page, which you can find on my website. Or if you only have a dollar or two, you can always drop that in Speaking Stone Studios' PayPal account. And every little penny, every little dollar will go back into the show to help it grow and to help it thrive. All right, take care, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>